We're continuing in our 15 minutes of Christmas series this morning, and something I love about Christmas, when Thanksgiving's over, you switch on the radio, when you get all these Christmas songs. I just love Christmas songs. Anyone else like Christmas songs at all? Yay, I like you guys. So uh, what I wanted just to do this morning, before we actually get into what we're going to talk about, we're going to have a little game of Name That Tune. And so I've got four songs I'm going to play for you this morning, see if you can guess what they are. Uh, the first couple are really easy, uh, the last two were a little bit more difficult, and uh, So just get you in the Christmas spirit, the Christmas mood. Uh, Let's play the first song, see if you can guess what it is. You guys are good. This year, right, to save me from tears, I'm going to give it to someone special. Okay, who sang that? Wham. Wham, well done. I'm feeling the 80s love over here this morning. Like, first service, they just looked at me like, uh, there was like one guy, and that was Jim, our guitar player, because he, like, lived in the 80s, and he, like, thrived in the 80s. So, wham, okay, so last Christmas, you gave me my heart. But the very next day, you gave it away. Okay, so you, you guys did good on that one. Okay, so next one. This is like my favorite Christmas song, but don't tell the guys this is my favorite Christmas song. So uh, let's hear this one. Let's hear this morning. Good job, guys. Who sang that? Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. Okay, let's do the third one. It gets a little bit more difficult now. So uh, let's hear the third song. So the rest of it, that's it, that's all you know, right? So then it goes on, as we trim the tree, how much fun it's going to be together this Christmas. Okay, can you tell me who sang that originally? Anyone know? Anyone know who sang the remake of it? She did? That didn't count. So... So the original was Donny Hathaway, and uh, and then like uh, Chris Brown did like this uh, famous remix of it. So, so he counts, not Christina Aguilera, right? Okay, last one. So the last one, I'm gonna see if anyone gets it. No one in the first service got this one. This is a song that when I first heard it, I hated it, and I kept hating it and hating it until it played so much and I heard it so much that I actually started to like it. So uh, let's see if you know this one.
Anyone know? What was that? No? Anyone know? Okay, so the lyrics carry on, says, but I will be there. I sing this song to pass the time away, driving in my car, driving home for Christmas. Man, I stumped you guys. I win. So uh, Chris Ray is actually the guy who sang that. So you got those three uh, Christmas songs. They are love songs. The first three are all about romantic love. The last one is about being with the people that you love and uh, who love you as well. And, and that's what I, I find at Christmas. At Christmas, a lot of things about love is mentioned, right? So we have lots of love songs. If you ever watch the Hallmark Channel over Christmas, which I don't recommend, but if you watch it, you'll see there's all these Christmas movies all about love, and they all end up the same, and they're so boring and predictable, but people love them. And and, and so we go through Christmas, and we say that we love this and love that. So we love Christmas songs. We love Christmas movies. We love Christmas food. I love Christmas candy, and there's not think like it. it just feels so good it's like it actually doesn't put the weight on because it's Christmas right so you can eat lots of it love Christmas parties and we say all this we love this how many of you this morning you would say you love Christmas right so we got people here we love Christmas but the reality is is January 1st is going to come and we're going to forget all about Christmas and we're going to get those decorations down as quick as we can. We're going to be fed up of hearing about Christmas songs and Christmas movies. We won't, we won't want to uh, eat any more, uh, any more food at all. We're all going to go on a diet and we'll forget about it because this is what happens with Christmas. We chase after this thing and we say that we love this stuff, but really it's just 15 minutes of love and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. We have what? We have four 14 days till Christmas, and you know, everything is Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. But then the new year is going to come and we're going to forget about Christmas. Because the reality is this, is this word love is so thrown around so easily and it's downgraded. It lasts for 15 minutes, then we move on to the next thing. And at Christmas, we're reminded of the things that we do love. And we're reminded of the things that we like and the things that we want. And we call it love, but it's not really love. So I always said growing up, I love Christmas. I mean, I love this time of year, and one of the reasons I love Christmas is because in our house, we were never allowed to eat snacks unless my mom says that we could. We weren't allowed to go into the cupboards and have anything. It was just the way our house, the rules of our house, but at Christmas, it was different because my mom would just get all these bowls, and she would fill them with candy and nuts, and she would just place them around the house, and there would all, all different rooms, and there'd be stuff everywhere, and we would go around and, and we could just have as much as we want. And then it would empty miraculously overnight. I think it might have been the elf on the shelf. But it appeared and it got full again. And it was wonderful. And, and so we could go around. And I loved Christmas because it was just a different feeling in our house. And so I would say I love Christmas. Now, uh, Many people think about Christmas in a romantic sense as well. There's something called mistletoe that that we talk about, kissing under the mistletoe. And and what I've discovered about Hartford County is it's almost impossible to find real mistletoe. 
I was actually going to find, try to find some for a sermon illustration. All I could find was some fake stuff. And let me tell you, there's no magic in the fake stuff. You need the real stuff if you really want to kiss under the mistletoe. But we talk about love and many people are looking for love at Christmas. Or if you don't have love, it reminds us that we don't have love at all. See, this is the time of year when love is expressed even more than most. We give to those in, we, that we love. We give gifts and presents and we give our time and maybe we might travel so, to, to be with the people that we love at Christmas. We receive from those that we believe love us at Christmas. But the truth is this, Christmas is actually really all about love. And I want us to understand this morning uh, this truth and I want us to understand that love for Christmas without the understanding of what the true love behind Christmas is, has little more meaning on your life than just some parties, some presents, some food, some movies, and some Christmas songs. While wrapped gifts leaving us feel a sense of love, it really only lasts for 15 minutes before it's gone. That, that love that we get from the parties and the food and the presents and the gifts and the stockings and, and all that what wonderful feeling that Christmas brings, it really does very little to change your life or feed your soul of the true love that your soul is looking for. And so if you want to show real love this Christmas to those that you love, if you want to experience real love this Christmas, if you want that void in your life that may be missing because you don't have somebody to share Christmas with, if you want to experience that real love this Christmas, then you need to go to the fountain of love and bottle up that love. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Actually, we're going to talk about a scripture that's found in 1 John chapter 4. Now, it's not the gospel of John, which is found near the beginning of the New Testament. It's the epistle of John, which is found near the end of the New Testament. And this is what 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7 says. John says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves a child... Or anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But someone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So what John is telling us here, he is saying that if you are a child of God, then you are somebody who shows and expresses love. If you don't have love in you, then you probably don't know God. And if you really want to show love to those closest to you, then you need to understand where love comes from. You need to understand the fountain of love. And so John tells us here, uh, at the very beginning, he says that love is this. Love comes from God, for God is love. And if you know God, you will discover true love. So with that in mind, I want, us to, uh, I, I want to bring three things to you this morning to help us understand what true, genuine love is. Way more genuine than what Mariah Carey or Wham sang. I want us to understand what real, true, genuine love is. And this is the first thing that we need to understand, that love is about giving life. Love is about giving life. 
In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it tells us this. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. So John is saying that God is showing us what real love is, that God loved us and he did this and he showed us how he loved us by giving his one and only son who would give his life for us so that we would have eternal life. Have you ever noticed that the more you love someone, the more you want to give to them? You can be the stingiest guy or girl in the world, but yet if you love someone, you want to give to them and you want to give more and more. Even if you don't have much, you still want to give of what you've got. Have you ever noticed, like maybe in, in your office, that they're all, everyone's pulling together to get a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, or maybe your boss, and maybe you don't like your boss, and, and, and so they're just asking for like 10 bucks a person? And, and why sometimes is that so hard to give 10 bucks, right? It's only 10 bucks. You know, we could go to Chick fil A and, and really couldn't get a meal for two for 10 bucks. But yeah, so often in, in the office pool, we pull out our wallets, and it's like a, a strain to open up our wallet and then we give the 10 bucks reluctantly like it's like almost like it's gonna like destroy our budget for the month but yet when it comes to maybe our spouse or our kids that we're fine in giving and giving have you ever seen a young man in love they want to make you like throw up really don't they because they, they give and give and give to the girl. And you have to, you have to like almost pull them aside. You don't realize it's not all about the gifts. Like, you know, if you, you keep doing this, you'll end up broke. And then she'll probably leave you because you're broke. And, uh, and, and, but you see them because they give and give and give. And this is the reason why. is because the motives are different. Because you are giving out of love, out of giving out of necessity. And anyone who has love... Loved knows that you don't just give good gifts to the people that you love, but love is actually willing to give your whole life to somebody. See, this is what love does. Love changes your ideals of life. Love changes your perspective. Love makes it less about me and more about them. So before I got married, I used to play golf once a week, every Saturday morning. And I played with a buddy of mine. We would play every week. And then there was a, a third buddy of mine who would play every third week. And the reason he couldn't play every week is because he was married. And if you're married, you'll realize you, you will realize you really can't play golf every week, you know, for the sake of your marriage. And so, but he would tell us, no, I want to spend some time with my wife on a Saturday, but I'll come and play golf with you guys every third week. And we would laugh and we would like laugh behind his back and snigger at him and like say like you're under the thumb and, you know and all that sort of stuff. Well, I made this comment, and sometimes you make stupid comments when you're young, and I made this comment, and this is what the comment I said. I said, there will never be a woman who will, who will take away me playing golf once a week. I said that. Do you know how much golf I play right now? I love it, but it's certainly in once a week. It isn't even every third week. That guy had it good. But my perspective has changed. My motives have changed. I love, I love to play golf, but why would I go and play golf when I have a beautiful wife who I could spend time with? 
I used to watch English soccer every Saturday morning religiously. I would get up about 7 o'clock ready for the 7.30 a.m. game in the morning. And I would watch it all the way through till about 2 in the afternoon. I would get really annoyed if we had something we had to go to so that I, you know, I wouldn't be able to watch all the games that, that day. And, 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 and I would watch it religiously. But then about two years ago, just a little under, under two years ago, this little munchkin came into our lives. And suddenly our perspective totally changed. And now Saturday mornings, I really don't care if I watch any of the games, any of the soccer games. I love watching them, but I really don't care because I would rather spend time with him. Because I've understood that when you love someone, you want to give your life to them. And this is exactly the same way that God gives to us. This is what motivates God to give to you. His love for you motivates him. In Luke chapter 6 verse 38, it tells us that when God gives, God gives a good measure. He gives pressed down, shaken together and running over. God is all giving in his giving to you. He is all in, in fact, so much so that he gave his life for you. John 3.16 is a famous verse and it says this, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God loved you so much that he gave of his life. See, real love is willing to give up your life so that others can receive life. If you, don't, if you think about yourself more than you think about others, then John would tell you that you don't have love. And then John would tell you if you don't have love, then you really don't know God. See, because when you know God, you have love for others and you're willing to give your life like God was willing to give his life. The second thing, not only is love all about giving life, love is also about receiving life. It's about receiving life. It tells us this in 1 John chapter 4 verse 10. It says, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And so John is telling us here that when we experience God, then God comes and gives to us. We receive the life of God, the spirit of God within us. And then that overflows to giving love towards other people. Now, anyone who's ever been on a successful mission trip, to maybe like a third world country, a poorer country, or a place that, uh, that they're going to, 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 to reach out to people who are less fortunate than themselves. If it's been a successful missions trip, then you always hear the same sentence of guilt after it's finished. And this is the sentence of guilt that you hear. People will say, I feel guilty because I feel that I got more out of the trip than the people that we were going to minister to, that the people we were going to help. 
And the reason they say that is because when you give what it does to your soul, you receive this joy and this life within you when you give. Because what you discover in life, and you'll probably discover this Christmas, it really is more blessed to give than receive. And this is exactly what, what God has done for us. See, love is not just about giving of your life, but love actually changes your life and it gives you new life. So before I met my wife, you know, I thought I was a pretty cool guy. I thought I had it all together. But as soon as I met my wife, my perspective in life changed completely. I enjoyed immensely being single. But I enjoy even more being married because my perspective in life changes. And suddenly for the first time, I had purpose in life. See, when I met my wife, this is what happened. I caught the love bug. I mean, I was pathetic, I'll be honest, at times. But the love bug caught me and it changed my perspective. And so now I wanted to give and give. And this is just the same as God's love for you. It is real love, as John puts it. And John says, you didn't find this love. This love found you. You caught the love bug because God came and found you and gave you new perspective and new purpose on life. So when my son was born that that morning, it was like early hours in the morning, like four in the morning when he was eventually born. And I remember when he was delivered, Looking at this little baby and something in my life just completely changed. I remember looking at him and thinking, I can't believe how much love I have for this human being. I I don't even know him. This is the first time I've met him. But I have this love for him and I know my wife felt exactly the same. And as I looked into his eyes, it was just like this moment of, wow, I have so much love for this little boy. And as he was looking back at me, I bet he was thinking, who the heck's this guy with the spiky hair? (laughs) See, He had a bond maybe with Raquel because she was formed in her womb. But it was the first time he had ever met us. And when he looked at us, I bet he didn't love us. But he started to grow to love us because he realized that we were his food source. We were his comfort. And then one day he took his little hands and he grabbed my little finger. And he looks at me and just smiles. And suddenly you start feeling the love back. And now he's all about hugs and kisses. Actually, it's so funny. He like is all about daddy. And I try to like be serious, but I'm like, yes. <laughs> he'll look at a picture of like Raquel and myself and he'll be like, dad, dad. And Raquel will be like, well, where's mommy? He'll be like, dad, dad, dad. And he's showing his love towards me. But he didn't love us immediately. But when Jesus came into this world... And he was born of a virgin girl in a little town called Bethlehem. And he was placed in a manger and he was wrapped in strips of cloth. And he looked up at Mary. Mary loved him instantly, but Jesus had already loved her. See, Jesus knew Mary before the beginning of the world. And when God looks at you and that little, that little baby Jesus, even though he was in a manger... 
He actually, even though it was 2,000 years ago and you weren't even a twinkle in your daddy's eye, he loved you too. For Jesus loved you before you even had a chance to even meet him. And his love for you is so great. For God loves you and this love drives him to give his life for you. And in return, you receive a filled heart. I love what Romans 5, 8 tells us. It says, but God showed his love for us, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That means when you were in your worst, God loved you. If my wife had met me when I was 12 years old and I had buck teeth and my hair was all over the place, you know, and I forgot to wear deodorant half the time, she would have never fallen in love with me. That was like my worst, 12 years, 12, 13, my worst years, let me tell you. She would have never loved me because I was in my worst state. But yet, God loved me. And no matter what you've done or where you've been or the worst state you could ever possibly be, God still loves you because when you were still sinners, God loved you. In your worst state, God loved you. And in return, God is saying, come close to me and I will give you life. So I have a friend who, was, who attends a, another church in the county and he was asking us about generation, what, what are we doing for Christmas? And I told him we have this Christmas service on December 23rd on the Friday night. And he was like, that's cool, that's cool. And, uh, and he said, he said, yeah, we're going to go to a Christmas service this year at our church. He says, our church has services on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and, and Saturday's Christmas Eve. And, uh, and he, said, uh, he said, so we're going to go on the Thursday night to get it out of the way. That's what he said. And then suddenly he caught himself, and he was like, oh, I, I didn't mean like just to get it out of the way. I'm like, yeah, you, did. you said it, to get it out of the way. Because that's someone who thinks that Christmas, going to church at Christmas, is just about just following a tradition, get that tradition out of the way so we can look at other things. Because having our presents for our kids and having our parties and having our food, having the, the home ready is more important than, than, than worshiping Christ at Christmas. And really that's what they're saying because they're chasing after 15 minutes of love instead of coming to the source of love that gives life and gives love. See, we're so busy chasing 15 minutes of love that we forget where real love is found. And if you want to show people love this Christmas, then do not neglect the source of love. You need to come to the fountain of God and bottle up his love and experience him. See, love is all about giving life. Love is all about receiving life. And finally this morning, love is all about perfecting life. Love is all about perfecting life. This is what John says. 1 John 4 verse 17 He says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. This is what I know about love. When you experience genuine love, real love, it actually changes people. Love makes people better people. 
It makes the person who is annoyed at everything in life just a little softer. It makes the person who's the stingiest person in the world just a little bit more generous. Have you ever met that person who was always angry and then suddenly they fell in love? It's like, whoa, what happened to that guy over there? Met my brother. We, uh, th- this year, we uh, were able to have a-, a family vacation where all my family were together for the first time for like 11 years. And so in May, we had this family vacation. Uh, and my brother, he, we always called him uh, a leech. That's what we called him. And don't tell him I told you that if you ever meet him. But we called him a leech. And this is why we called him a leech. Because he always leached onto other people and he never paid for anything himself. Never. Like we would go out and it would happen every single time. It would come time for the bill. He'd be like, like, oh man, I forgot my wallet. We're like, no, you didn't. You just knew that we would pay for you. And you, you, you didn't forget it. You purposely left it at home. And so in the end, we would tell him before we go out, no, you're going to pay for your own meal, you know. And so he was like this and he's always been like this. Never giving, always receiving. Well, we went on vacation this year and he brought his girlfriend who has now become his fiance. And we were like, whoa, what happened to Josh? Because he was now giving to his girlfriend. Like, he wouldn't even pay for his own meal normally, but now he was paying for his meal and his girlfriend's meal. We're like, whoa, this really must be love if you are paying for somebody else's meal. He, and then he would go and give her gifts and he's like, hey, yeah, I want to go out and go shopping and, and get her something. I'm like, this, is, this isn't weird. This is like the Twilight Zone or something. Because love had changed him. See, what love was doing, love was making him better. Love was perfecting him. See, love is not stagnant. Love grows and love lives. Did you know that you cannot grow out of love with somebody? You hear a lot of people saying, well, I grew out of love with that person. And that's not true. You can't grow out of love. You can lose love, but you can't grow out of love. And that is why we need to stay close to God, who is the source of love. And then his love always grows and his love always perfects our lives. I believe that one of the greatest acts of this growing love is that it escorts our fears out of the door. See, the Bible tells us that perfect love expels all fears. So one of my first jobs out of college was I worked in a bank and we worked with the bank's own bank accounts. We had a lot of responsibility and, and we could move money here and there and, and a lot of freedom and a lot of trust. And, uh, and, and one day I was sitting in my cubicle and the, the guy sat in the cubicle next to me, Chris, uh, he, he, uh, he was sitting there and then suddenly some police officers came in with, uh, with, with, with the big boss and they came in and they asked him to stand up and they asked him to come with them and they escorted him out of the door and out of the company. What we found out, he'd been embezzling some money, putting some money in some accounts he shouldn't have been doing. They didn't want him in the company anymore. They didn't want him being a danger to the rest of the company. So they escorted him out the door and they shut the door and would not let him back in that company. And that's exactly what love does to your fears. If you've got fears today, then then get close to God because his love will take those fears 
And he will come up to them and he will tell the fears, stand up, come with me. And they will march him out the door and he will expel them out of your life and shut the door altogether. That is what the love of God does for your life. See, this is what we are told often by many people. Well, you've got fears because you don't have enough faith. And that is totally wrong. It's not true. You don't need more faith. You don't need to be braver. Really what you need, you need to get closer to the love of God because the love of God is the thing that expels out all fear. See, this love, this genuine love, this perfect, real love is available. And it's available right here, right now to you. It's not love that's found in a Mariah Carey or Wham song. It's not love that's found in a Hallmark movie. It's not love that's found in a wrapped gift. It does not live in the things that often we want it to live in. But love, real love, is what the Christmas season is all about. For love came down in the life of Jesus as a gift to you from the Father above. And this love has come to you. Joseph, who was engaged to Mary, had just found out that Mary had become pregnant. And the Bible tells us this in Matthew 1, verse 20. It says, as Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Love has come to dwell amongst us. Love has a name. It is Jesus. We call him Emmanuel. God with us.